Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Caitlin McConnell is a seventh-generation Ozarks resident. She's also been writing about the area since she was 17. As the Landmarks columnist for the Marshfield Mail, she tracked down nearly 80 different historic sites in Webster County, Missouri, for the paper's readers. And that earned her honors as the History Channel's Student of the Year in 2007. And with a background like that, she just had to write a book explaining this area to the rest of us. Her new guidebook, Passport to the Ozarks, Ozarks, takes readers to 61, quote, out-of-the-way places to see, visit, and experience throughout the Missouri Ozarks. Caitlin McConnell, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. So first of all, when we say the Ozarks, um, what do we even mean by that? You know, everybody has a slightly different definition of what the Ozarks is. You know, technically, by some definitions, it goes all the way up to to around St. Louis. Hmm. Um, In my mind, though, you know, where I tend to focus on is more what I'd call the cultural Ozarks, which is more southwest Missouri and northwest Arkansas. You know, kind of, um, I'm based in Springfield, so you go north, you know, for maybe, I don't know, an hour or so. It's kind of Ozarks terms of describing um, distance, but, you know, go up an hour or so and um, go over, you know, Pretty, pretty far east on the state and then down into Arkansas. Okay. Now, Webster County, um, where you're from, that's near Springfield. You would consider that part of the Ozarks. Tell us a little bit about what that was like um, growing up there. Well, you know, yeah, you're right. It's it's adjacent to Greene County, which is uh, where Springfield is. And I, um, you know, it was really a privilege to get to live there. That sounds a little corny, maybe, but that's how I feel. Um, you know, it was amazing being able to live someplace where I felt such a deep connection. Um, and that's something that really did become relevant to me, I guess, when I was in high school and began learning more about my family's history in Webster County. And you know, when I was growing up, I actually lived in the same house where my grandmother had grown up. And mm-hmm. so it was pretty cool to be able to think, you know, how was life different when she was young? You know, when my great-grandmother was living there, when my great-great-grandmother, you know, bought the house. And so it's it's amazing to kind of look o- over a field and think, is this, you know, a similar view to what they saw back then? And is that still a pretty rural area today, or has suburbia encroached? It's, it still is pretty rural at this point. You know, I, I know that things are changing, though. You know, every weekend when I'm not driving around, I see just for sale sign after for sale sign. Hmm. And I kind of think that it won't be too long um, before the landscape of the Ozarks really does evolve. You know, it, it certainly has in recent years, but I think we're ready to explode. So historically, this is an area that's a little more rural. Um, what are some of um, sort of the things that tie it together? Are there certain industries that have been big here or certain reasons that people would have chosen to live in this area? Well, you know, it kind of depends on what time frame someone arrived. You know, there there are a lot of people who go back many generations into the Ozarks. And those people, I think, primarily came because they wanted land. They wanted, you know, they were kind of some of the first people to move here were for farmers. And um, certainly today, agriculture is still a major industry in this part of the state. Um, But, you know, other people, we've seen a lot more immigration in recent years for different ethnic groups. Um, There are certain parts of the Ozarks, even as rural and remote as they are, that are seeing refugees um, come to to live there as well. And so, you know, you do see... um, still a very rural area, you know, in Springfield, of course, higher education, healthcare, are some of the major industries that see people employed. But um, once you get more out in those rural areas, it, it is a lot uh, different. And it, it is um, 
still ties back to those roots more than I think we might expect it to. Hmm. So for those of us who are new to attempting to explore this area, I think the biggest frustration with the Ozarks is this is just a huge region. So if you if somebody was coming in from outside this area, where would you even suggest they begin or sort of use as their base of operations? I mean, it's easy for me to say that Springfield is a great place to start because it's right in the center, really, of everything, at least from, from my perspective. You know, you can get to most of the Ozarks with relative inconvenience, or relative convenience, rather, um, whenever you're here because you can drive a couple hours in any direction and really see a lot of different things. Hmm. Um, it kind of just depends on what you're wanting to see for which direction you should go. So you narrowed this down to 61 places, and I'm sure that was very hard in, in light of how huge this region is. What's one highlight that people in St. Louis might be completely unfamiliar with, but that you would say you really ought to visit this place? Well, one of the places I love, and it's actually the first place in the book, it's a place called Topaz Mill, and it's um, located down in Douglas County, which it's a county fairly close here to Springfield, about about an hour away, um, where there is a mill that's kind of like a time capsule. That's kind of how I describe it. It was uh, at the site of a former town called Topaz, which was in existence in the early 20th century, and whenever the mill closed, the owners just kind of locked it up and left it, left all the equipment inside. Um, you know, you have the, the bins and the, you know, machinery and all these things. You even at, on one corner of the barber shop or one corner of the mill have a barber shop where people used to go in and get their hair cut and the signage is still oh, on wow. the walls. And it's really, it's just really neat. And it kind of um, is a great example of, of just a, a really out of the way, cool, authentic place to go visit because, you know, it's privately owned. It's not a public park or place to visit, but the owners are really excited about having people come visit and love showing it off to visitors. So it's it's just a scenically beautiful place. It's an interesting historical place. And I think it's just a good slice of what the Ozarks has to offer. And sorry, tell us the name of, the, of that again. Topaz, T-O-P-A-Z, Mill. Okay, Topaz Mill. I understand one of the mm-hmm. other places, one of the nature spots you've highlighted is called Alley Mill. Tell us about that. That is, yeah. Alley Mill is one of the places I feature in the section on the Ozark National Scenic Riverways. And if someone likes scenic spots, likes to get on the river, I would definitely encourage them to just check out check out that whole category because this riverway was the first of its kind that uh, was developed in the 1960s to protect wild rivers. And it, it kind of just has a bunch of different places to visit along it. You know, you have Alley Mill, which is an 1890s grist mill. Um, it still has displays and machinery inside as well. You have ruins of a place called Welch Hospital, which was a place that um, kind of a mineral, you know, healing waters type place um, back many years ago that people went for treatment specifically for asthma. Um, and then you just have a lot of different springs and rivers um, that are just beautiful in their own different ways. And, and so you go to that area and you can kind of see a lot in a relatively short distance. Now, we have one of uh, Caitlin's pictures of Alley Mill. You can see it on our Twitter page. That's at STL on air if you want to get a sense of, of what she's describing here. Um, Caitlin, this book doesn't just highlight places to eat and to sightsee, but there's also some sites that maybe we wouldn't think of as tourist spots. And one of those is maybe the Neosho Colored School. What's the history of that site? Yeah, so I initially did a story about um, that school about, I'd say, a year or two ago for Ozarks Alive overall, and I uh, I actually didn't even know it existed until um, someone contacted me and told me about it, but it actually is the building where um, George Washington Carver first went to school whenever he was a child, 
And, you know, I think I would have found it fascinating anyway, you know, a, a very sad part of our history, but, but something we need to be aware of. And, um, and is that open more, today to the public? It is, it is open by appointment. They don't have regular hours at this point, but it is a place that um, people can go see. There are displays out front. So if you're interested in at least seeing the exterior, you know, anybody can drive by and read those, read those displays. Um, but they're in the process of renovating it. So it's kind of a, a unique story. I'll try to remember all the details, but they didn't even realize until a few years ago that this building still existed because after the school had closed, it became converted into a residence. And, um, you know, as time passed, people kind of forgot that the interior walls were actually still the school walls. And so it wasn't until I think the house had gotten foreclosed on or something and um, they were going to tear it down that someone came in and looked at it and realized that actually kind of insulated in the exterior walls, the original building was still there. And so they began a restoration project, um, you know, to, to preserve this. And it's been, you know, it's a gradual process, but... They've made a lot of work in recent years um, with the aim of, you know, preserving this building so people can can see it. That's kind of an amazing story. So, yeah, that seems like that would be worth looking at just to get the context of, of the history of this building. Yes, I agree. It's I mean, it's it's always it's places like that. You know, you go and it's it's like you said, it's not it's not necessarily fun. Um, it's not a touristy place like you would think in the conventional sense. But I think it's important for us to visit places like that and really understand the context and why they play a role and what we need to learn from those today. So, Caitlin, we mentioned that you were a seventh generation Ozark uh, resident, but I also learned that you moved away for a while. You went to Norway, of all places. What made you decide to to move back um, to the Ozarks? You know, I... um, I have to say that Norway, you know, and lots of places in the world are beautiful and and offer perks. But from my own personal experience, when I was there, um, it's it's an undescribable pull back to the Ozarks, I guess you could say. And I don't know if it's because of the family connection. I mean, certainly I have family here I'm close to, but I think it goes deeper than that. It's like just knowing that this is a place I've been a part of for longer than I've ever been alive, you know, that my family has been here and just, you know, when I when I drive around and, and see the hills and the sunrises and the sunsets, and it just, it makes me feel more peaceful than anywhere else I've ever been. And so all of those things, you know, led me while I was away just to really miss home. So I've uh, moved back in 2015, and that's actually when I started Ozarks Alive, was, was right when I came back, because um, one of the other things I'd missed while I was away was getting to write about the Ozarks. And so... I decided I didn't um, want to wait for someone to give me an opportunity. I just was going to jump in and do it myself. And now with this book, you really got a chance to scratch that itch. That's that's awesome. That's right. <laughs> uh, Caitlin McConnell, um, author of Passport to the Ozarks. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. I, I am glad I got to. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.